if you're truly surrounding yourself with an A-level team, the leader should speak last, the CEO should speak last, the CEO should be asking lots of questions to learn from them, but not forcing their vision down. And that tends to be what happens often as the entrepreneur is forcing their vision. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Today we have Cameron Harold, who is the founder of the COO Alliance and known as the CEO Whisperer. He helped build his first two $100 million companies by age 35 and helped engineer 1-800-GOT-JUNKS growth from $2 million to $106 million in revenue in just six years. Cameron, how's it going? Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you give us a little background on kind of, you know, I guess I've given you a little background already, but you can maybe elaborate on who you are and, and what you're up to. Sure. Um, so I started a group called the COO Alliance, which is the only network of its kind in the world for the second in command. I uh, started that two years ago now, and we're expanding, opening in uh, 30 cities over the next three years. And I've also authored four books. I wrote the first book was called Double Double. Uh, my second was called Meeting Suck, which was a, a um, put out so that we could get all employees at all companies to finally stop complaining about meetings. And then I co-authored The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs with Hal Elrod. And then my most recent book came out around uh, four months ago called Vivid Vision. Awesome. And then outside of, outside of that, I've coached um, a number of entrepreneurs all over the world for the last 11 years. I've coached a monarchy in the Middle East and the second-in-command at Sprint and a number of technology companies you'd know the name of today. How does it even happen? How do you even – how does the monarchy – like uh, I don't even know – how does that happen? That was a really strange one and um, it's actually become a reason why I'll never fly economy again and that's not out of ego but – You'll never meet a business deal sitting in economy, but the chances of meeting someone in business class and doing a business deal with them is very high. Mm. I was actually on a flight from Vancouver to Phoenix, um, sitting beside this woman and asked her what she did. And she said she was the second in command for a, a big group. And she asked me what I did. And I said, I coached COOs and I was just starting this, you know, the COO Alliance and blah, blah, blah. And we started talking and she said, you know, we need you. And um, so I said, well, what, what is this group of companies you're the second in command for? And she said, well, it's a country and the country is Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, which we call. So yeah, that, that began kind of the relationship with them and ended up going over and spending three full days on site over there and six figure checks. And Wow, that is such an incredible story. So th- th- there's like a takeaway for everyone already. Never, ever fly economy again if you want to get big deals done, right? Well, really any deals, like the chance again of, and it's not, again, it's not an ego, but for the most part, the people sitting in business class are business people that are that have a little bit more disposable income. And, you know, the chance in economy, you're flying with with families, you're flying with people that maybe aren't willing to spend the extra money. So if you're trying to do business deals, do you want to put yourself in a group of, you know, 16 people that are doing business or, you know, 400 people that are um, are more cost conscious? 
That's interesting because sometimes when when you're flying uh, when you're flying first like internationally, you might have just you know one seat and you're not really sitting next to anyone. So it's, it's almost I'm guessing when you sit first class, then you probably want to sit next to someone instead of just being off on your own island uh, in a lie flat seat, right? Absolutely. It's also just um, uh, you know the, the, I'm talking more coach and, and and flying business in the United States or in Canada. Okay. Um, I still do fly business in first in you know my global stuff, but it's because I'm you know usually being paid to travel by major clients or right speaking events. But yeah, the chance the chance of meeting people on a, on a long haul flight when you're in pods or um, in those seats is a lot lower. Got it. Okay. Cool. So tell us a little more about the CEO Alliance. You know, how does it work right now and what kind of people are you looking to, what kind of companies are you looking to work with? Yeah. So the criteria for the, um, for the CEO Alliance is 5 million in revenue and 50 employees is the minimum criteria to get in. And in the city forums, which we're launching over the next three years, minimum criteria there is 30 employees or full-time equivalents and 3 million in revenue. It's only the second in command that's allowed to join and attend. Um, so we don't take the entrepreneur, we only take their second in command. And that's usually either the title is COO or VP operations, general manager, et cetera. And, and it's a mastermind for them. So they're working with each other, sharing information and insights with each other, working on their own business growth and working on the, the growth of themselves as well. Got it. Okay. And what are, so, I mean, let, let's say, you know, entrepreneurs looking at, at leveling up his business, how much does this approximately cost? Sure. The, the national program, which is the 5 million and 50 qualification is 20,000 per year. And that we have five events per year and they select three of the five to come to. Mm-hmm. And then the city forums is 10,000 and that's local. And they have six one day events per year in their host city. Got it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, on, on this podcast, you know, I always talk about, and there's a lot of EO, YPO members all the time. And we talk about the, the, the power of peer groups and, and you, you know, just as well as I do. And so this, this would be the equivalent for the, the number two, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I started noticing was I would go to all of these events. I'd go to these EO events or YPO events or, you know, Genius Network, Mastermind Talks, all these amazing events for the entrepreneur. And at times I never really felt like I fit in because I was truly the second in command and I'd be having conversations with people that I really wanted to get more into the details and the the nitty gritty of the operational side of the business. And entrepreneurs tended to stay at the 50,000 foot level with ideas and, and that was great, but it just didn't always feel like my tribe. So I wanted to create a place for that second in command. So yeah, it's very similar to what those groups have put on for the last 30 years. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, the entrepreneurs always think about the ideas, 50,000 foot level. What would you describe the COO or second in command as? What foot are they at or what feet are they at? And, you know, where's their head at? They're really the focus of the CEO Alliance and the city forums is always making the entrepreneur's dream come true. So they're really focused on taking the vision of the CEO and reverse engineering that. Mm -hmm. They're also very focused on the people and operations and execution and culture Basically, how to get more shit done with less people faster. Okay, great. And then, so for the 20K, I get three events per year. I mean, what what can you describe one of them? What does it look like for people? Because I think this is a no-brainer for anybody that, that meets the criteria that you're talking about. Sure. So the, the, they come into the, the Wednesday afternoon is the first, or do you want the city forums, which is the 10,000, or do you want the national program? What do you want me to walk you through? Uh, let's Let's go with the city first. Sure. So the city forums is six one day events. They're held every two months. There's a, a chair or a moderator who runs the events for the members um, just to make sure that they stay on track. They stay on topic. They stay on the agenda. They meet at eight o'clock in the morning over a quick breakfast 
and then they do their check-ins where they check in on themselves and their business. They have a balance wheel where they rate themselves on eight core areas of their life. And then they spend time with another person from the group talking about two areas to improve on. They then do their introductions and check-in where they say what's going well, what's not going well, what they're working on over the next two months and where they're stuck. Then they take one of the areas that one of the members is stuck on and they do a formal presentation on that issue and all of the members in the group help to unstick them. They then do um, a presentation from one of the members on a skill set or a software solution that they're using so other members can learn from their skills. They go through a couple of worksheets, they have lunch, and then a repeat of that in the afternoon with virtually the same format with just a wrap up at four o'clock and then a social from four until five. Love it. Okay. And how about the international version? International version is virtually the same, except it's spread over two and a half days. And because they're only meeting three times per year, they're also rotating members. So the city forums, it's the same group of eight to 14 COOs from your city or your region you're meeting with. Mm. In the national program, you're meeting with a mix of 50 to 60 members. Um, there's around 30 per event that show up. And so you're always getting a new select group. We also do a lot of 10 minute talks where the group is presenting more information to the group, um, a lot more group discussions. And then clearly, because you're there for the two and a half days, you've got a lot richer discussions happening. But the city forums, because it continues on with the same group year after year and every two months, they start to really get to know each other on a more intimate level. Love it. Yeah, I th- th- that's the main thing. It's the, the main value is is the, the like minded people. And then, you know, you add in all the, you know, the format that you have and all the other stuff that you guys do, I think um, it's, it's just an incredible thing. I'm surprised nobody else has done this, to be frank. Are there any numbers you can reveal around the business in terms of how it's doing today? growth rates, customers, whatever it is exactly. Sorry, walk me through that again. Yeah. So are there any numbers you can reveal around the business today? So revenues, growth rates, customers, things like that. Of the, of the members or of my business? Your business. Um, my business is around two and a half million in revenue, about seven employees. The coaching 16, 17 CEOs and you know very high gross margins. Great. Awesome. Congratulations on that. And I think the other thing too is you just brought up the word coaching. You've coached CEOs and other successful people. You've done it really well over the you know over the years. So, what are some recurring themes that you've seen from coaching these CEOs over and over? I think a lot of it is that they assume that the solution to the problems is going to be a lot harder than it is. Right? That they're always trying to find a way to fix something or to do something and they miss the simple solutions, right? The, the quick, easy fixes. Um, and I, I try to give them the shortcuts. I mean, I was the, the dumb guy in school, so I always found the the quick hacks. Um, and I think they somehow, you know, get deeper and deeper into it when they don't need to. Got it. Okay, great. And so are there, I'm looking at the, I mean, I'm just kind of literally staring at the, the, the story of where you were you're able to help, you know, uh, build two $100 million companies by age 35. I guess, can you talk about some of the stories and lessons you got from, I guess, one of them? Yeah, one of the big ones, I think, was just that, that we hired a really strong team of, of people and we didn't always listen to them. You know, Brian and I were both very big drivers where we were, you know, really pushing hard and, and focused on our vision. This is one 800 got junk. Yeah. Got it. So we were almost a little bit narcissistic in our, in our growth that we were so focused on what we were doing and how we were building it that, um, we often didn't listen to some of the smart people around us. And we almost put the company into bankruptcy at one point. We had our CFO or his, at the time our VP of finance kept telling us to be careful and to not spend as quickly. And we were opening up into our fourth country. We were opening up corporate locations. We were spending money on bonuses and renovations. 
And what we really learned from that was that we really need to listen to our team. And if we're hiring these people, we need to put a situation or put a system in place to be able to listen to them. And that's become a really core focus for me with all of my coaching clients since is if you're truly surrounding yourself with an A-level team, the leader should speak last. The CEO should speak last. The CEO should be asking lots of questions to learn from them, but not forcing their vision down. And that tends to be what happens often is the entrepreneur is forcing their vision. Hmm. And what if that entrepreneur, let's say they're in the midst of growing, maybe they're you know 500K a year right now or a million a year, and maybe their leadership team isn't all A players. What do they do at that point? Yeah, more often than not, <clears throat> the leadership teams are not A players. I think a lot, uh, quite often the entrepreneurs feel like they have an A-level team and at best they have a series of Bs. Um, so what I try to get them to do is every six months to rate their team on two areas, on results and on their core values and cultural fit. And we just put them onto a simple matrix. And then based on that simple matrix, we know if people are low values and low results, we have to fire them. We know if they're super high results and super high values, we've got to handcuff them to the company, et cetera. But I try to make sure that they're really kind of having that good discussion and debate. And I often try to do that at the leadership team level where we get the entire team to rate all of their members of their teams with each other. So like the finance group would rate all the members of finance and all the other members of the leadership team would be able to chime in, et cetera. Mm. And that kind of brings some good friction and challenge points in. It also really brings good visibility to who is truly getting results and who's not. That's great. And so actually, I mean, that kind of dovetails into, I wanted to ask, so, I mean, you have the CEO Alliance, but when you actually go coach, are you doing group coaching? Are you coaching individually or are you doing both? What does that all look like? Um, I do mostly one-on-one coaching, but with some of my clients that have leadership teams, like one of my clients, I never know who's showing up on the call. I've coached them for four and a half years. Uh, yesterday it was the CEO, Bobby, but they just raised $255 million from Warburg Pincus about a year and a half ago. Nice. So I've been coaching six or seven of his leadership team members over the last four years. I never know who's showing up. Sometimes it's Adam, their head of sales. Sometimes it's Vanessa who's in charge of learning. Sometimes it's their IT guy. They just show up. Um, on other groups, I'll coach in groups where I'll either work with a couple of the co-founders or I'll work with the CEO and a couple of their team. And then I also do a couple of calls every year with a number of my coaching clients at the same time. So different CEOs from different companies where they're able to all ask questions of each other. We also do that for the COO Alliance as well. I run quarterly group calls for the members of the COO Alliance and they're able to come on and pick my brain during those calls as well. Great. And how much, I mean, for people that want the Cameron Herald deal, how much does that cost usually? It's 80000 a year is my base level for coaching. Um, that's for any companies doing zero to $250 million. And that's 50% up front. The rest is paid monthly. And they get two 90-minute video calls a month for that. Got it. Okay. And so when you, okay, so this is all, uh, this is all virtual. Yeah, I do some on-site stuff with clients, but very rarely. Um, and it's mostly because by design, I don't want to be on-site. What I'm trying to do is also not build a reliance on me. You know, it drives me crazy when I hear of these groups that are running your quarterly planning session every quarter. Like at some point, teach the company how to run their own quarterly planning sessions. Right. So my what I try to do is teach the company to fish rather than giving them the fish. So I, I will go on site, but normally if I go on site, it's to do one-on-ones with the employees. It's to run some speaking events for all their employees. It might be to participate in a strategic planning meeting. But I would say only about a quarter of my companies bring me on site. Got it. Okay. And that's, I mean, you don't do like the on-sites like a la carte, right? It's all part of the 80 grand package. No, no, it's, it's a la carte. It's 22, five a day for me to be on-site. Got it. Okay. 
Good to know. There you go, everyone. I got the whole Cameron Herald pricing menu for you all. <laughs> so, Cameron, I mean, you know, we we met at the TED conference, and even before we met, I picked up both your books, uh, Meeting Suck and Vivid Vision, just because they both spoke to me. I just I just stared at them, and they're both really short too. Maybe that was the main reason. But uh, huh. Vivid Vision, and as we've talked about this, that's been a big game changer for you know my business, and I spent a long time just putting the whole thing together. So, can you speak to what Vivid Vision actually is? Yeah. So the concept of the vivid vision is something that I learned 20 years ago from an Olympic coach. And he was talking about how high performance athletes visualize themselves performing the event. And he was trying to get us to understand that in business, often the CEO has a vision for their company, but no one else can see what the CEO can see. And he was trying to get us to understand that if we could get everyone else on the same page, literally, if we could get everyone else to see what we could see, then they'd be able to figure out how to execute our vision for us. So we created this concept called the vivid vision that becomes a four or five page written description of your company three years in the future. So it's almost as if you're leaning out into the future three years from today and you describe every aspect of your company as if you're walking around your business. So you describe, you know, each area of the org chart, you describe marketing, you describe IT, you know, four or five bullet points per business area. You um, talk about what the employees are saying about you and what the media is writing about you. You describe your customer relationships and your supplier relationships. You describe your culture and your meeting rhythms. You describe your, your physical office space, you know, almost as if you were standing in it and writing down everything you saw. And then you get a professional writer to take all those rough notes and make it pop off the page. And that four or five page draft, once you add your design elements to it, really starts to rally the people. Um, and it's amazing the impact when you start handing this to you know, your bankers and lawyers and, and suppliers, as well as your customers and potential employees. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's huge because I remember working for people in the past, waking up sometimes thinking like, I don't even know what I'm here for. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here to basically collect a paycheck. And so, you know, when I put this together and I, I, I sent it to, to a couple people on the team first, I slowly rolled it out. After people read it, they're like, wow, like I know where we're going and I've never been more motivated ever than, you know, after reading it. And I think that's what you're looking for. You're looking for direction. And so I, I keep telling people right now, like last year, my favorite book was The Coaching Habit. This year, my favorite book, what, what I keep talking about right now, and I'm sure other CEOs that have read this have, are saying the same thing, is Vivid Vision. And it's not like Cameron's paying me anything to, to say this. It's not like an affiliate or anything like that. Um, it is that good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's really had a huge impact. And, and it's probably been one of the key points that I'm known for globally is because it, and my, my BHAG, my big hairy audacious goal is to replace mission statements with vivid visions worldwide. You know, all that we've ever had to align our employees was kind of like this one sentence mission. And that doesn't at all clarify, you know, and, and the entrepreneurs tend to feel like they have this incredible intuition. But the reality is their intuition is based on their vision of the future. So if everyone could see what they could see, all their employees would be able to make decisions with that same level of gut intuition the CEO does. Yep, it's it's huge. And it's honestly like it um it's going to be the, the what I mean, for any entrepreneur listening right now, it's going to be one of the best things you can do ever, I think, and to just keep revisiting it. Um it's it's just a template. Like me as a marketer, I'm lazy. I like templates and then Cameron's got a couple of templates in that book. It just makes life uh, much easier once you've cl clarified not only to your team, but also the outside people as well. So I love it. Can you speak a little bit to your other book, uh, Meeting Suck? Yeah, so Meeting Suck was was really the genesis of that was our coaching call with Bobby, who was the CEO from Blue Grace Logistics that just raised the $255 million. It was around two years ago, he and I were talking and he said, you know, we've got to get rid of all the meetings. Meetings suck. And I was like, 
but wait a sec, meetings actually don't suck at all. What are you talking about? He goes, everyone's complaining about meetings. The leadership team hates them and the employees hate them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's normal. But how many of the members of your leadership team have ever been trained on how to run meetings? And he thought for a bit and he's like, I don't think anybody. I'm like, all right, well, how about your employees? How many of them have been trained on how to show up and participate in meetings, how to attend them? He goes, for sure, none of them. And I said, well, that's why meetings suck. Meetings don't suck. We suck at running them. I said, it's kind of like Little League Baseball, that if you showed up at baseball without knowing how to hold the, the bat, without knowing how to catch a ball and toss the ball, of course, baseball would suck. You'd hate it. But if you know the basics, then it starts to get fun. So I tried to codify, and a third of the book is written on how to run meetings. A third of the book is written for every employee on how to show up and participate and attend meetings. And then the last third is all the core meetings you need to really scale a fast-growing, high-culture high company. And that's, that's why it's really taken off. And I, I kind of, I'm even selling them in bulk now. We sell um, bulk orders of a minimum of 100, but people are buying hundreds and hundreds of this book for all their employees. And you kind of think of a $12 investment for a $50,000 employee, it's probably the best investment you'll ever make in their growth. So it's, it's 12 bucks a pop at 100? Yeah, when it's 100 or more. I think on Amazon, it's like $17 a book. Got it. Okay. Wonderful. So basically, I mean, I'm kind of seeing a theme here. So Vivid Vision and then uh, Meeting Suck, these both seem like playbooks, right? Yeah. Well, Meeting Suck and all of my work is really playbooks. I don't really understand the whole point of writing like a story or a theoretical or a 50,000 foot view of something. I want to teach people how to put it in place. You know, it's even like I love good to great. You know, Jim Collins wrote an amazing book. But again, it's very much a sea level when it talks about getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, get everybody in the right seats. But how? It doesn't teach you how to do that. Right. And that's kind of what I, what I tried to codify in my first book, Double Double, was how to get all the right people into the company and how to get them in the right seats and how to get more results through them. So I tried to, and I think it's because I've built so many franchise companies that I really think in ways of systemizing things. Speaking of systematizing, I, this actually goes to my next question. How do you structure your day because it seems like you have the, everything's well organized just from the way you speak so how how's that how's your day structured yeah it's really more how do i structure my life and then my year so i i think of my year i take all of my kids school holidays their school activities their sports activities those all go into my calendar first so already my my next year's kids activities from their school are being placed into my calendar by my assistant. So I will already have from September through June all of their you know their their time off, days off in my calendar so I can book my time around that. I also book every other Friday off. So I only work two Fridays per month. Then I only work I won't do calls before 8 a.m. and I won't do calls after 5 p.m. ever. And I don't work weekends. So my kind of days are getting compressed. I don't work weekends. I only work every other Friday. Um, and then I chunk all of my clients' schedules or my clients' coaching calls into my schedule first. All the CO Alliance meetings are in the schedule. And then I work everything else around that. And then on a daily basis, so I have my quarterly goals. I have my, my annual goals, my quarterly goals. I meet with my team on a quarterly basis. In fact, we're meeting again uh, tomorrow, our whole team, to set our, our goals for the next three months and to figure out the plan on how to get them. And then I have a daily accountability partner. Joe Polish and I set our daily top three goals with each other. Mm. So I, we use an app called Commit to Three, and I set my top three things I'm gonna get done, and he sets his, and we check in at the end of the day on them. 
commit to three. Is that like a, is that free? I'm like looking at through my app store. I think it's like $3 and it's the best investment you'll ever, you'll ever spend. It, it integrates with nothing. You just get one other person to be your accountability partner. It could be a, a coworker, it could be a peer, it could be someone from Ted. Um, and you just set your daily top three goals and it nags you to get them started and get them done. And it nags the other person as well. It's amazing. Oh, huh. okay. And I'm assuming you and Joe, you, there's probably some kind of payoff if someone misses. No, there's not. It's just that it's the nagging knowing that I'm working with another high impact individual who's really focused on growth. Yeah. And, you know, if he sets his goals first thing in the morning before I do, it's like, oh shit, it's 10 o'clock. I haven't set my goals today. I got to get going. Right. If I set first thing in the morning, kickstarts him. Love it. Okay, great. Well, that that knocks out the tool question as well. So what is, we're working towards wrapping up here, just two more questions, I think, from my side. Besides your books, what is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? I would say it's The One Minute Manager by um, Ken Blanchard, 30-year-old book, but it's still, I believe, the top book on leadership and managing people today. Huh. You know what? Do you have like a blog post anywhere that includes – because you write playbooks and then this book, One Minute Manager from what I remember, seems like a playbook as well, right? Do, do you have like a like a summary or a list of all these playbooks? I do. Um, there's a, if you look up my name and favorite books or like Cameron Herald business books, there's a blog post I wrote years ago that has them on there as well. Oh, perfect. Look at that. Well, so we'll drop that in the show notes. Look at all, this, all these gems. Um, cool. So Cameron, this has been great. What is the best way for people to find you online? If they Google me, they'll find me. The COO Alliance is the main information on the COO Alliance and the city forums. And then all four of my books are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Awesome. Definitely get the books. Please get Vivid Vision, everyone. Cameron, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, you're welcome, Eric. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.